Hey guys, Ash here for the Goodness and Blues Supporters Club Ireland podcast and this is number 66 in the series. Oh, we're getting closer to the 100 as we tick along this season. Anyway, this is a special edition. This is the Thursday supplement and in this episode, we're going to look back at, you know, a few little, little things. Why Everton have this issue at playing at home this season. We'll also look ahead to Saturday's game in the FA Cup against Manchester City. You know, this quarterfinal clash could be the game to make or break Everton's season. So this is all to come with this edition of the Goodison Blue Supporters Club podcast. I hope you enjoy. So, firstly, guys, just a couple of notices. A very, very happy, belated, happy Mother's Day to all the Evertonian mammies out there, and of course, all the mammies in general. You know, mammies, grandmammies, great grandmammies, all those great Evertonian mammies out there. I hope you all had a lovely day of pampering, even in this, you know, sad madness of COVID 19. Hopefully, that this was the last COVID Mother's Day. We want it gone. We want to be able to get back and celebrating this day as we normally would in next year. Anyway, Secondly, then, just a small competition from Everton. We had a competition for a virtual mascot to be coming up very, very shortly in an Everton game, and the names were of different lads, and you know, different kids were added into a draw, and the draw was was taken by the Goodison uh, Blues. Uh, committee and Noah you know won the draw so congratulations to Noah and I hope he enjoys the virtual day whenever that comes around for him so the first topic we're going to talk about of course is our home form guys and as we know already our pure bad home form took another big hit last Saturday as we lost 2-1 against Burnley and I did say in the previous podcast that this was going to be you know, a banana skin of a game, and I was right. I just had that that feeling in the bones, and you know, now we, you know, some people have said it's because of the fans not being there. But can we really use that as a good enough reason? You know, Liverpool had this guy on Talksport. Now, when I first heard him, I thought he had to be an Evertonian ringing in playing a joke. But I think it's the guy Cloppy that comes on and is a regular a Liverpool fan on Talksport, and he had this thing that he reckons that the Liverpool's you know, very poor home form is because the players can't see each other through all the red hoardings and all in the stands. And you have to say, like, was he serious or was he having a laugh? And, you know, there can't be just that because you have to remember there's I don't I can't believe it's and it's that you know it's not like that the people are moving you know when we do have Goodison Park is full to capacity you know fair enough there's a few different colours but the majority of the home fans are going to be wearing the home kits the new kits it's going to be always be a shade of blue we're always the shade of blue so you can't really say it's not like all the hoardings are the one colour fair enough around the stands but all the different you know licensing and the different advertisements out there they're all different colours so to say that is absolutely wrong and you know at the start of the season maybe you might have said okay it might take a few games to to get used to an empty stadium but then surely it would mean then our away form would be something similar you know the waveform could be worse because you are away from home but when you look at our stats you know 29 points at home sorry sorry away from home and 17 points at home it does say it all and you know there is there is a reason why it's happening, but none of us seem to be able to put their finger on it. And don't forget, guys, it's not just Everton who are having issues at home. Yes, our neighbours have had have had their own issues at home, but a number of Premier League clubs' away record is similar to ourselves in the sense of their away form is much better than our home form. So nearly when it does come to a home game for the away side, it actually feels like it's like an actual home game where they're like expected to win. So, you know, for picking up more points on the road... 
you know, we were, I said, we were joking about our neighbours across Stanley Park for the six that they lost at home, and we were, sl- we were slagging them off. No more that they would have the opposite way around, but when you think about it, what shape of a home form have we got to really shout about? And only for the, the you know, the way form this season could we really say we'll be in the position that we would be in now? You know, uh, as I heard on the Mighty Blues earlier after the he did his podcast, his video of, of the Burnley game, you know, he classed it as relegation fodder. And it could be that bad if only for an away form. And we could have been dragged into a huge relegation battle. When you look back at previous seasons, the home form was our bread and butter guys. Teams would generally be hating to, you know, having to come to Goodison. Dispute a lot amongst the goodness and faithful under the lights in an evening game. You know, we did make a difference. And, you know, in previous years we've had had, you know, the the ground has been rocking and we make it difficult for the opponents, fans as well as the opposition, of course. But I've said this before and some people say I'm wrong, but even like you know, when you're watching games on TV, unless the microphones are absolutely put in the wrong positions at Goodison Park, you know, when you stick on um, a game, so stick on a Liverpool game, for for instance, and you listen to the fans, they are boisterous, they are noisy, and it helps obviously with the fans. Now, Man- Manchester City, it's called empty hat for a reason. Um, they they don't seem to get very boisterous at all unless they're four or five goals up and then all of a sudden they are flying. Then you have Highbury, you know, they've had, not Highbury, sorry, the Emirates, they've had a very, very poor season by their standards, but still, you know, when, you're, when you listen to their crowd, their crowd is at them the whole time and supporting the club. And for me, and I could be wrong in saying this, my experience of games is the fans will sit there you know, we could be one nil up and we could be two nil up, but they're very quiet. They're not continuously singing, and until we actually get the ball around the attack, then the fans get up. We might score a goal. There's a huge roar, celebration, and you know, ecstatic behaviour. And then all of a sudden, then we sit back and then just sit back into the the stands and be nice and quiet. Now I said it could be just the way that the the microphones are set. It goes in park, but I don't firmly believe that before COVID that Goodison has been rocking in previous years that it has been. Now, maybe it's because of the anticipation that we're going to do much better in the season and know the amount of money that we spend and we don't. the players don't deliver on that, that the players are responding to that. So it, it, does, it does make you think of how we would have played you know, with fans at the stadium compared to no fans at the stadium. And of course, let's don't get me wrong. The fans do make 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 it difficult. They do they do make differences. And would it be a different scenario for us if COVID had not hit and the fans had filled the stadium? You know, the way we played um, at home. You know, would the game would the fans be very supportive of us losing games? Would the would they be you know trying to cheer us on to inspire us on? Or would these poor results would they show? You know, a different feeling, and let us know what they be booing, what they be screaming for. You know, I don't think at this stage we'll have you know the out out Ancelotti kind of shouts, but you know, what they want some changes in the the back room, that kind of thing. But you know, when you see these games, especially like the the previous Newcastle games and the Fulham games, where we didn't actually bother to try. You know, that's where I di- I differ with those games and the Burnley games. I think we might have gotten you know the fans might have been really on their back 
whether it be in a good way and a bad way and although we lost to Burnley the positive I took from that game was there was an actual effort by the lads yes we were well beaten by Burnley and we should have been able to beat them but for me at least the effort was there and don't get us wrong guys we never want to see Everton losing but if they lose and at least they've given an effort you know and we're unlucky in the game then at least that's something for me personally you can you can you know you can walk away from a game and go we were so unlucky or you know or if it's a case of before VAR came in that the referee made a blunder we didn't get a penalty and that's what caused the game yes you come away angry at that but you're not coming away angry at the lads who were on the pitch so you know that's that's something for me personally. You have to put. You have to, I think it has to be put down to the the depth of the squad. If I'm absolutely truthfully honest, um, and of course the situation of letting the wrong players go on loan. Now, don't get me wrong. We did have to t- trim the squad. We did have too many players in different positions, but. You know, forgetting about the injuries, that's just part and parcel of the game. You know, some of the lads who have come in to play in place of teams who are. Oh, it's our players who have been injured. You know they have had Premier League experience, and it's just a case of them just not able to slot in and do the same job as the other player. Now, for me, the the key ones that stand out for me now is no. Some people like this guy. Some people don't think he has a future at the club. You know, and it's already been on uh, Sky Sports News that you know Celtic want to make John Joe Kenny a permanent addition to the team. But letting John Joe Kenny go to Celtic when Coleman was out and a long term injury. You know, and we had no other recognised right back except that young that young lad Kyle John, but he's he doesn't have any Premier League experience. You know, so Holgate was playing there at times, and he just can't cut it there. And he's just he's just a, he is a centre back. That's his position, and maybe he he did, he's done well for us a couple of games in previous seasons in midfield. But then you know Ben Godfrey, okay, he he did play there and had some decent runs there. But to not have a position a player that's the natural position for him, which John Joe Kenny is, you know, maybe that was a mistake letting him go. Then the likes of Theo Walcott. Now, obviously, I I will put my hand up when Theo Walcott went out on loan. I was like, okay, that's another one gone because you don't have too much future at the club. But then when you see, okay, you know, a will be coming into the side and playing in that position. When the deal was done, you see, that's fine. But now it's proven that it was it was a lost. Um, a losing battle for me because Awobi has just not been doing it on the pitch for a long, long time. You know, he might play two games and he does okay and then he's gone for 10 games. And, you know, I think, you know, letting a, a Walcott go alone, that was a mistake. I think Walcott would definitely would have given us a better, especially crossing because Awobi's crossing has absolutely been dreadful at the moment. And then for me, you know, as I said, I still believe, you know, it was the right decision you know, if we had a, a replacement in, because he hasn't had a good time playing for us, obviously, at the club, is Moise Keane. Why, oh why, did we let him go out on loan when we didn't already have, whether it was a loan replacement in place? Now, don't get me wrong, I said he hasn't had the best of runs since he joined the club, and he's been absolutely brilliant for PSG in France. But then we sent him out, and then we were all hoping... You know, because even before he went on loan, we were hoping that Ellis Sims might be the one to step up and get some regular, you know, game time in the senior team. But then what do we do? We let Ellis Sims go out and he went on loan. I think it was Blackpool he went on loan to. So although, you know, we need to get some of the wages down, I think we need to make sure that the correct ones were chosen. You know, like, so getting Balassi out on loan, that's why Balassi was never going to get a game, you know, either side of the wing he was just never going to play for us again he's never going to be in the thoughts of Carlo Ancelotti 
Um, something drastically will have to happen for him to happen. You know, Bessage, he's now st- still sitting there and he's earning a wage for sitting at home. So we needed to be not rushed in, like I think then, to get in players like Josh King. Now, fair enough, we, we have to be a little bit careful with Josh King because he hasn't had that much game time. But he did get a good, you know, almost half an hour against Burnley. Uh, you know, so he did get some decent minutes in there. But during that game, he offered absolutely nothing to influence the game. So for me, he's showing to be truthful why Manchester United did not follow up their interest on signing him a couple of seasons ago. So they've obviously seen something that he can't. Now, fair enough, we might be not playing him in the strongest position because obviously we've Calvin Loon there. So I may be a little bit harsh on King, but. To now, you know, if we didn't, you know, with Josh King not firing at all cylinders and to have no other major firepower to come on if our main two, you know, get injured, well then, you know, we, uh, you know, if they get injured, you know, it, it always leads you back to another big topic, I suppose, is James Rodriguez. Now, with James Rodriguez, um, we all know the icon that he is in football, in world football, but did we know how injury prone he was before he signed this season? You know, I've been saying this for the last couple of months. You know, when you, you see him playing two games, he's out for five. He comes back, plays three, and out for seven. And it really seems to be that way. And like, did we get him just for the global recognition for the club? Or is he supposed to be. You know, like the number one player that's on that team sheet and we build the team around him. We would like to hope that's what it is and for at least for next season that he's ready to go 100% injury-free because we do know James has got the potential to do, you know, creativity. We saw what he did, you know, for getting the the assist for the first goal against Liverpool. He's had, had that moment. He scored a couple of goals himself, including that lovely volley. So... We all know that James is not what you call quick. He's not a you know speedy player, but since he's joined, you know he's had some great moments. But for me, and I said it could be just me, he looks very very slow at times, and these outdo the great moments. And that's just what I see, guys. Others are saying once, you know, James or the Curry, or you know, or even both of them are 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 not available, which is what it is at the moment. Then we just can't play. But we can't just rely on two to three players. We have to have more numbers that can not just come into the squad, but to actually do a job when they are called upon. And that's that's my take on it. And hopefully this strange fear of Goodison Park will, you know, will disappear very, very soon. As you know, when you look at it now, as you can see by the table, the results that we got over the weekend weren't as damaging to us for you know trying to get Europe as we would have you know because fair enough we are still seventh in the table and that's because the Liverpool's win over Wolves but you know look at the other European sides Chelsea drop points Arsenal beat um, Spurs we had Manchester United beating. Uh, West Ham so there wasn't too much damage done so we're still level on points with Liverpool and obviously and we still have a game in hand and I still believe at this point even though mathematically it's, it, it, it's still there and, and Chelsea will have to have a huge slip up the Champions League is gone as far as I'm concerned but you know we can still if we can get the home form boosted it would be a massive call for us to still get Europa League and it's still within grasp and if we're all honest I think before the season started we would have jumped all over the 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 game for 
Oh, sorry for the Europa League, you know, to, f- to finish in that top six. I think even some fans would have would have been happy with the top eight, but outside the top eight would be a huge thing. But like you know, I think we can definitely see a huge if we can get that huge improvement at, at the home and still take away points away from home, then it's it's in our hands to finish in that top six. And so that leads us then nice and comfortably into what I am calling the final. You know, the, the Saturday's game. We can look ahead to that and. We can class this game as probably the most important game of the season. You know, after only recently been destroyed by them in February, we you know we take on the champions elect again. And yes, they've recently lost in the league, so lost that unbeaten run, but they've come back on a reign of terror again since, and they're still on course for this quadruple. So it's up to us to release that pressure and take the FA Cup off them. So regardless what, what team they're, they're going to put out on Saturday, we do know they're going to be clear favourites. So what can we expect from Saturday evening's game? Well, it's pure and simple, guys. It's going to be a tough one. You know, we know it looks like we're going to be missing the creativity of Hamas Rodriguez. So unless Carlo Ancelotti comes out at the you know the weekend with his press conference and says that he's fit, I'll be amazed. We know the Curry obviously is a massive miss, and we know it has been confirmed that Jordan Pickford is has been added to that list and he's not going to play. Now obviously we do know that Robert Olsen had, you know. An, an issue, I think it was at home. I think it was his home was attempted burglary or something along those lines. We still know he still know he wasn't fit anyway at the time. So we have to hope that Olsen is going to be fit to play in this game. And if 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 not, that's going to be a huge day again for Joe Virginia. You know the Man City the Man City front line is going to be licking their lips at the thoughts of you know pepping the goal at at him, and we are missing a spark, guys, everywhere on the pitch. You know, being at being at home was obviously going to be difficult again. You know, City had rested players in the Champions League. So, you know, who are they going to call upon on Saturday? Are they going to, you know, give us, you know, a, the credit that we deserve? Saying, oh, that we're going to be a strong side. So they're going to come out with their strongest side. You know, we've seen um, the, in, in the Champions League game, Aguero was back playing for them. So whether it's Aguero or whether it's Jesus, you know, it doesn't matter. Our defence are going to have to be incredibly strong. So the bottom line is that, you know, for me, the the players and the formation that we set out on Burnley it just is not going to cut it against this team. So, my predicted lineup will be: I would probably go if he's fit, of course, it'd be Olsen in goal. I have a funny feeling that it will be Joe Virginia, but Olsen in goal. And if he's and this is a no-brainer for me, Coleman starts this game. We need the right back starting there. Um, with Mina being on the bench and hopefully he's ready to play, Mina will partner. Michael Keane and Dini at left back and Dini is going to have to seriously improve his crosses because I've noticed in the last couple of games he tends to get to the halfway line and he's not bolting you know, down the line as much. Now, fair enough, that could be the fact that when he gives the ball to Andre Gomez and he goes, you know, to, to make that run, Gomez doesn't pass the ball to him. So that could be, a, it's a two-way street there. Um, so Dini will have to get his cross right because I think that's one way that we could, we can actually get at this Manchester City side. So into midfield, Alan, of course, in the centre with Gomez and Davies either side of him. Now, Carlo might figure that if Sigurdsson can fit into that midfield trio, so Sigurdsson might start in point in part of Gomez. And I think for creativity, I probably would start him in place of Gomez. Um, so that just remains of what Carlo figures that Sigurdsson can play in that role. And then 
in that the, the forward trio then will be Richarlison, Cavaloon, and in this time it will be Josh King. I'll actually start him, and uh, we've got nothing to lose. You know, it's it's a you either you're in or you're out. So no, it won't be for me. It won't be should drop to the bench. And if we're going to have a decent shout, we need to have the crosses not just on the left side, but we're going to have them to be on the spot on the right hand side. And Alex Awobi is just not offering that at the moment. You know his recent his recent crosses they don't get past the first man and they're never really any higher than the knee so this could be the most direct way for us to go so score wise you know this obviously is an Everton podcast so you want to have to be going with Everton so it would be a very very hard 1-0 victory for us and I want to go with the heart says I, I and I don't want to be you know to be I I, I could go with the, the what the heart really thinks of what's going to happen and say you're going to get you know absolutely smashed by Manchester City, but I don't want that to happen, of course. And you know this is an opportunity for us to reawaken the the season. So if we can get you know that victory and other results go our way in the FA Cup, then it brings us closer to. And when you think if you think about it, if we can get this victory and then it goes into the semi-finals at. Uh, Wembley Stadium then they're kind of okay we're now into an away scenario again so our away form technically could be the one that sees us through into the final of an FA Cup so it's very very important for us I mean that's it for uh, this episode guys um, it's great to have the support given to the podcast and love to see the, the listenership, uh, listenership just in, increase dramatically and uh, just a final thought yesterday because obviously it was St. Patrick's Day and pretty much a year on since the pubs has you know, locked the doors and for me being in the hotel industry it was strange for the second year in a row not to hear the sound of the the US tourists and tourists from around the globe enjoying in the festivities in the hotel for the second year in a row and although for some reason you know the the case numbers are not dropping rapidly like they have been in previous lockdowns let's hope there is a, a reason for this and that it will drop low enough that this is the last close St. Patrick's Day so wherever you are around the world around the globe you know everybody's Irish for this day and a big big shout out to the the main listeners who you know, when I'm going through the analytics of the, the podcast, so, you know, the leadership in the USA, Ireland, UK, Australia, Norway, Germany, uh, Poland, Bulgaria, I think Singapore, Brazil, and I don't make, hmm, it's the one in Brazil, is that Rich Harrison's family listening in? We can all hope. And last but not least is the Netherlands. And a big thank you for all you guys and happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you out there. So once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. Send the love around the world for Evertonians and pass this podcast on to your Evertonian friends. Until then, I'll be back with a match reaction, hopefully, and a good match reaction on Saturday, and hopefully we beat Manchester City in the FA Cup quarterfinal. By the way, it's a kick-off 5.30 on Saturday. Till then, guys, stay blue.